Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey everybody, it's Marty here with Golf Strategy School and I am back with good friend of the show, Chris Finn. He is the founder of Par for Success and we have uh, a neat little conversation planned here. Chris was giving me some topics that that we could talk about and I think I have some good news to hopefully deliver to all of you and Chris tested it. So uh, Chris, I'm going to hide behind your expertise and just say thank you <laughs> right at the beginning <laughs> and welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mario. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. It's uh, you know, it's always a blast, you know, getting to, to chat with you and obviously share all the information that we're, we're finding at Power of Success to everyone who's listening. So uh, excited to, to chat here. Yeah. And I, so a conversation that I was having with Chris that I have not actually shared with the audience, because as I'm sure all of you listeners have noticed that the podcast has been kind of quiet for a while. Uh, that's because I have been up to my ears in heart related issues. I actually just had a pacemaker put in uh, not too long ago, and I'm kind of just finishing the recovery stages of that. So uh, that's why podcast was on a bit of a hiatus there, but everything's on the up and up according to the doctors. And now I have a small little uh, Altoids can size battery helping control the rhythm of my heart. So I am glad to be back. And I think it's very fitting that I have my uh, brother in heart surgery arms <laughs> to join me coming back. So uh, yeah, I, I very much appreciate you coming back and helping me kind of re-kick the show off here, Chris. With uh, with what we were talking about kind of before we got going, uh, rotation just kind of flat out there as a subject is so important in golf. And you were kind of talking to me about our four main rotational centers. So why don't you kind of break down what those four main rotational centers are and we can kind of start chopping them up one by one. Yeah, for sure, Marty. Yeah, no, I think the the reason I think this is such an important topic is, you know, I think there's other, uh, you know, what people would call probably social media sexier topics like speed and, you know, how, <laughs> how far can you hit the ball and ball, you know, it's, and those things are all cool. You know, how high can you jump on a number of boxes if we're talking in this fitness world, right? Yep. Um, but I think when, when we're talking golf and we're talking wanting to play the best golf we can for as long as we can, and, you know, mentioned come back from the heart surgery you know a lot of most golfers out there are not trying to make a living doing this they're dealing with health issues they're dealing with you know yeah. achy backs they're, they're dealing with you know i got three little kids you know, i know you have kids too right and you, you like you get that like magical like three days in a row where you can go play once a year like you want to be able to go do that and not be yeah. like 
up in a wheelchair for the next week, right? It's the escape from the nine to five for <laughs> exactly. so many people. <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, for everyone listening, you know, when we talk about wanting to play better golf, you know, at Par for Success, you know, our goal is always to, is, has always been to be the best in the world at giving people longevity in the game. And that longevity, you know, what we have found is really interpreted differently by different people. And, you know, if, if you're, you know, a junior golfer, a parent of a junior golfer, you're thinking longevity is getting them to play in college. How, how can they play division one, you know, collegially um if you're a collegiate player how can i go play in the pros and continue to play at that high level uh, if you're you know particularly the, the pros in their 40s how do i make it till i can keep playing until i hit the senior tour right yeah. and then there's and then there's all these other the, the majority of golfers which is how do i keep playing for the next 10 years 20 years 30 years you know when i hit my 60s how do i play as well as i did it when i was 40 when i hit 80 can i still continue to play and enjoy it or is the ball only going 100 yards off the tee and i'm like forget it. This game is not fun anymore to me. So across the spectrum, the what we have found through all the research we do, Marty, is that nothing matters if you can't rotate in these four main areas. Um, because if you can't rotate, you have to introduce, you know, increased lateral motion side to side. So swaying and sliding, you have to yep. introduce increased up and down hips coming into hand space, increased side bend and your back is screaming at you. So consistency goes down, speed goes down, pain goes up, all this bad stuff starts to happen. Uh, and so this is really what I would call the cornerstone of, of what longevity in golf is built on. And whether we're talking performance, you know, at the top of the top levels, performance in your, you know, your, your men's league at your club, or just going out and having fun and performance being that you can walk when you're done. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, this is by far and away the most important topic that I want to share with people we always start here and it's the four main rotary centers are, um, you know, you have your, your neck, you have your shoulders, your thoracic spine, which is the part of your spine below your neck, but above your low back or your lumbar area. Right. That's the area everyone always holds the part that always hurt. <laughs> the thoracic spine is the part. Wait for the that. pinch. That's exactly. your thoracic spine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then the big kahuna really is the hips. And, you know, I would say nine out of 10 people fail, you know, these, this test when they do it, we have the test free. It's, you know, we actually, we created a page, anyone listening, go to parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. So if you're a friend of the show, it's free to you. Just, you know, par the number four success.com slash Griffin, grab the assessment there. And you, you can actually go through all these tests that Marty and I are going to talk about. Um, and I will bet my, car that nine out of 10 people who take this fail the hip test um you know shoulders is typically the second most commonly failed one uh you know and then kind of the upper back the upper spine thoracic spine and the neck if you're failing those then we really got problems um but <laughs> you know, most, <laughs> yeah. most people usually when i talk to a group it's funny i'll start with the neck just to kind of get everybody to like me because they're like oh yeah i passed it i'm you know, just feeling good yeah. about themselves <laughs> Easy we'll win, to, easy win. And then we'll go to shoulder and everyone's like, you stink. Oh my God, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to die. Like, I can't play a club. So it's uh, it's just funny, you know, looking at those four and, you know, the neck is definitely the, the least important or impactful in terms of the golf swing, but it's also the one that most people pass, unfortunately. Um, the ones that are most impactful <laughs> in a negative way, the hips and the shoulders are the ones everybody fails. Um, so yeah, but th those are the four big centers and that's why they're so incredibly important. Uh, it's because if, if you can't rotate in those areas and you know, we have all the, the normative values for everybody based on their age that they can grab in that home assessment. Um, you know, if, if you can't pass those tests, you're already starting from behind. Yep. You know, the, the game is hard enough. The physical side, we've figured it out. There's it's basic physiology. It's repeatable rinse and repeat. You just got to know what the issues are that we need to address. And you got to know how to fix them. 
Yeah. And people who've listened to the show for any period of time, they know that I preach against the word variables, the less variables you can have in your swing, the easier it is to know what the outcome is going to be. And like you were saying, Chris, when, when we can't rotate correctly throughout these different centers, we have to introduce other ways to compensate other ways to kind of get around the pain or the tension or whatever may be going on. So kind of with that in mind, you said hips and thoracic spine are kind of one, two in terms of like the most directly impactful, right? I would go hips and shoulders or hips and shoulders. Thank you. Hips and shoulders. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, variables are what are introduced when we fail these tests, right? Exact things that we don't want. Yeah. So I guess, does it make sense to talk about them in kind of most impactful order? So I guess we go it depends first, how we or... want to make everyone listening feel, Marty. Do we want to start them off on a downer <laughs> and end them up high? Do we want to start them high and end them on a downer so they're motivated? Yeah, it depends kind of where we want to take this. <laughs> let's let's end them on a high because <laughs> I think everybody is thankful that they just didn't have to go through all the heart surgery crap that I just went through. So everybody's high right now because they're thankful they don't have to put up the same crap I do. We'll we'll go through the bring heart them down now. to bring them up. We'll, we'll bring exactly. them down to bring them yeah. up. I like yeah, it. I like exactly. It. It's the uh, it's the sandwich technique. Feel good. Do yeah. the work. Feel good again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that does mean lead off with hips, right? That would be, yeah, that, that by far and away are the, the ones that are most people uh, are not good at. And unfortunately, the, one, the area that causes the most problems. Yeah, let's rock and roll. What do we need to know about hips and rotation? Yeah, so I think the first thing, you know, there's, so there's two main types of rotation. There's, you know, for, for all the, the, uh, the geeks out there, there's internal rotation, there's external rotation. Um, for the purpose of golf, you don't need to worry about the external rotation. All we need to worry about is internal. Uh, and what that is, if you think of your golf swing, as you rotate to your backswing, you're internally rotating into your trail leg. So your right leg for a righty, your left leg for a lefty. And then as you come down through impact and through follow through, you have to internally rotate into your lead leg, um, you know, to clear the hips and for proper sequencing and all that sort of stuff to occur. So left leg for a righty play for right-handed player and right leg for a left-handed player. So that's the, the motion. And we think of in the golf swing, what the heck is internal rotation? It's your ability to rotate into your trail hip on the backswing and get into your lead, you know, rotate into your lead side, clear that left hip or, or lead hip uh, as you come through impact. Um, so when you can't do that, that's when we start to see uh, all the variables as you, as you <laughs> so nicely put it, start to present themselves. So just so we know in terms of like the, both sides of the coin, what would be an example of external rotation? Obviously it wouldn't be in the golf swing, but what's an example of external rotation? The, with the easiest hips? example of external rotation is, you know, people sitting in a chair, drinking a coffee and they cross your ankle, you cross your ankle up on top of your other knee. Right. So that the foot, that okay. you, so when you cross your, you know, your ankle up and you're kind of sitting in the chair and you got kind of your, your, let's say you take your right ankle, put it on top of your left knee. So your right knee is kind of hanging out to the side, right. Yep. Kind of just relaxing that right hip is externally rotated. Um, so, so think of gotcha. if you're sitting on a, you know, sitting on the ground, you just drop your knees out to, out to the side. Yeah. Like crisscross applesauce. Like, yep. Crisscross applesauce doing a you know butterfly stretch. Yep. Your, your hips are externally rotated in those positions. Gotcha. Okay. So I didn't mean to, to divert you off, off of our, our hip conversation. So <laughs> making sure that we have that ability to internally rotate in 
I guess, in what manner do people normally fail this test? Extreme. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not just it's frequency, a, but how? <laughs> well, it's, it's actually funny. Right? We, we do a bunch of like uh, a free you know, Zoom workshops and webinars. And we always have live. We do a Zoom meeting so everybody can, we can hear everybody. And so inevitably we get to the hip test and you know, I'll demonstrate it. And it's in the home assessment. So when listening, you can you know, just grab the home assessment. You'll see the video of how to do it. But so if, if you can picture it, they're sitting with their feet flat on the ground and they just got to rotate their foot out to the side. So their hip rotates and you just hear like three, oh, you hear you all hear, the like, hundreds and hundreds people on a zoom call. You hear, ah, oh, ah. oh, good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It's, just, it's the funniest thing when we do it live or if we do it like in a big in a if we're doing a workshop at a club or something um but yeah it's just it's by far and away the most commonly failed one and the problem is when you because most people fail it you, the big issue is really honestly not getting into the trail side where it causes a lot of the issue it's really the lead side so if we had to pick like one joint one motion your lead hip internally rotating is the absolute most important motion that you need to have as a golfer to be successful uh, with success defined in a couple ways. The right. first being consistency. Uh, if you fail that test, when we have people come in, we'll put them in 3D kinematic and you know, we hook them up to all the sensors and everything. And it's hilarious when you have somebody come in, they fail these tests and we hook them up to those, um, into the, the 3D sensors. We will watch, you know, they'll swing, you know, 10 times. Then we will pull up all 10 graphs. It literally looks like 10 different people swung the golf club, Marty. It, you could hmm. not match one of them. Like if they were DNA, it's a totally different DNA every single right. time. And then you go ahead and then, you, you know, you, they come back, you know, we, we work for, you know, three, four weeks. All of a sudden they pass all these tests. Then they come back and we'll re, re, re-hooked people up. And all of a sudden, like at least half of them are like, oh yeah, that's the same person, same sequence. Gotcha. Because all of a sudden you can get into your lead side. So you can start to initiate with the lower body and your hips start to actually rotate first. You start to see less and less over the top upper body dominant swings. Um, so from a consistency standpoint, that's one of the, one of the metrics that we use to define stand, as somebody being more successful. Well, yeah, we've eliminated a variable and yep. now all of a sudden the consistency is there. So, you know, Hey, I'm not so much playing army golf right and left. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's much more consistency. The second area that we see, which is really cool is we actually will see, we did saw this with one of our pro players at literally she's supposed to have like 45 degrees at least for our pros. We like to see like 50 degrees of internal rotation. This, this kid had like eight, um, I'll be generous. I think that's rounding up. Oh, wow. Um, right. And he's working with his coach, his world-class coach. And he's like, I cannot get this guy to hit up on the ball with his driver. He's always one to two down, one to two down, right? So look at his hip. I'm like, holy Toledo, man, you got the hip of an 85-year-old like man. And and he, he's he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? So so we get in, we, you know, we open, we release it. He's tearing in the eyes because it's not the lead. It's, it's pretty painful when it's that bad. Yeah. We open it up. But the cool thing is immediately he's up to like 45, right? That's all we do. We say, all right, let's go ahead and hit, hit some more drivers. His coach is there. And then uh, he goes and hits more, and all of a sudden we start looking, and now he's hitting like three to three to four up on the ball. <laughs> so, so by actually being able to clear his hip, it's going to totally alter you know, his ability to attack the ball, his path, his plan, you know, everything's going to change. And now all of a sudden, all the launch, the stuff they've been working on for like, you know, six months trying to get just him to do automatically it, falls it in just place. Boom, automatically happens. Right. Cause now he can do what he's been tr- thinking of that. He like visually, he sees what he should do. He just yep. physically wasn't able to do that. And I use that as a, to paint kind of an extreme example of how quickly some of, just getting your body in shape 
so many of us, how many swings do we watch? Like, you know what it looks, what it's supposed to yeah. look like. Yeah. But you just physically aren't able to do it. And um, so, so I think when we talk about success from a performance, you know, we talk, obviously there's consistency, there's going to be improved, you know, impact information, which ultimately is going to increase club head speed and ball speed. Uh, and, but I think probably the one that's most important for the amateur golfer to understand, I was playing golf this afternoon, the guy's swing, he had to be swinging 125 miles an hour. He's probably 40 years old, big dude, like very big up top. And, you know, I'm, he's swinging. I, I'm, I swear to God, Marty, his hips did not move. He finished his golf swing. His belt buckle oh. was still facing the tee, right? So we get to like wow. the, ninth, the like ninth or 10th hole and he's like bending over, touching his toes. He's, try, he's like, oh, my back's killing me. I have no like, idea why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in my head, I try not, I don't ever say anything until like, I'm like, well, I'm just curious. Let's look at your hips. So I'm, you know, I, I sit him down. This is the weirdo on the golf course. I lay him down by the green. <laughs> test his hip i was like well dude you got about 10 degrees that's supposed to be about 45 we, we saw so like i'm a playing partner who will release your hips so if you ever get paired with me yeah yeah we release we release his hips all the time his back pain goes away and he's able to finish the round and he like played great and it just it's can happen that quickly for people where if you re, if you open up the restriction in the hips all of a sudden the back doesn't have to do all of the extra heavy lifting i call the back the the friendly neighbor who tries to help out all the time. And then it overhelps <laughs> and eventually it hates you. And it doesn't want to like, leave me alone. And, and so for, for the amateur, the average person listening, you know, to us talking, that is by far and away the most important thing that I want you to do. Obviously, yes, you can hit the ball further and all that's great, but over 60% of golfers have back pain after they play or stiffness or soreness. Yep. And it's literally because of the hip not moving. So literally like grab the assessment, take the assessment. Like it takes less than five minutes. And you can see really, really quickly, oh, shoot, I have a problem. And the good news is, you know, it takes less than four weeks if you know what you're doing to fix it. Yeah. Well, and so kind of going back to your example with the pro, for those of you who don't get nerdy and obsess over numbers and stuff, uh, angle of attack, especially with the driver coming one to two degrees down on the ball, switching to three to four degrees up how big of a distance difference was that for that person? That had to be huge. It was, if I recall, it was at least a 15 yard carry difference. Yeah. And so, you know, for, for all the kind of weekend golfers out there, you know, when you you're flipping through your golf digest and it says hit up on your driver, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about your angle of attack. And the reason that you want to hit up on that is because you're, you know, you're getting more, more efficient, work out of the club whereas if you're hitting down on it you're creating more backspin and you're you're kind of burning out uh some of that energy that you're putting into the ball in spin rather than actually transferring it into like angular momentum so yeah when when you said from like two degrees down to three or four up i was just like whoa like that had to be a great next couple rounds for that guy just listen yeah, yeah, you just got to be smoking it all over the course. And not to mention, like you said, to be pain-free. And, well, I'm, I suppose if if this was a younger guy, he, he's probably pain-free. But well, You'd you know, be surprised, Marty. I can't tell you how many pros, LPGA, PGA, mini tour, they swing, they play so much. And sure. they're tighten up from all the travel. I mean, I would argue that those guys, now they get, they get fixed quicker. It, they, they don't take nearly sure. as long to correct them. 
but in terms of having issues because you know hips tighten up uh, there's really not a massive difference between what we see in the pros versus the older population well and um, like we were talking about older population has to work harder to keep it loose sure um, but we definitely see that all the time and that kind of dovetails with what we talked about last time you were on the show about kind of like building up your protective armor with like how you train and wear. Yep. And yeah. So if you're, if you're a pro, we have our nine to fives, but for the pro that nine to five is hitting the dang golf ball. And that is going to really wear you down at a, at a much faster rate. So all right, I, I think I have a better understanding of kind of that importance with the hips and especially again, like your big takeaway was that lead hip being able to internally rotate on that lead hip is really kind of the game changer in that. So from yeah. that to shoulders, you said was next on the list. What do we need to know about shoulders? We need to know we're bringing the morale of the audience up now because yes, now little by it, little, if you, guys, if you guys, you guys went to the parkscus.com slash Griffin, you're, you're like taking it as we talk You're, you're <laughs> well, down about yourself. Now you've moved down to the shoulder test. You're thinking, you're what the F did Marty just make me do? Good Lord. <laughs> my hip is still cramping. Now you want me to move my shoulder? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Let's go to the golf game. <laughs> exactly. If, if you take nothing, if you're listening, and you take nothing else from the rest of this podcast, please lead hip internal rotation. If you still have some bandwidth, this is the next most important there thing. There we go. Good and way it to put it. Trail shoulder. So your right shoulder for a right-handed player, your left shoulder for a left-handed player your trail shoulder external rotation. So if, if we, uh, you know, if we think of a, you know, I think the easiest way to think of what external rotation is just in its purest sense, if you get up onto a door frame with your forearm kind of on the door frame, you know, elbow bent 90 degrees, and you do like that classic pec stretch, right? That's externally rotating the shoulder kind of where your hand goes back behind your spine angle. Um, it's really hard to do after you get a pacemaker, just so y'all know. Very. So, so, <laughs> so pec tightness is one of the big areas of issue. So, um, you know, lucky for you play right-handed, right, Marty? Correct. So lucky for you, it's your left shoulder that would be impacted. So it's going to have minimal. I actually had the conversation with my doctor about, is this the best side if I'm a right-handed golfer? And he said, yes. And he actually moved the pacemaker down like three, four inches like where he placed it in my pack. So it wouldn't uh, have any chance of bumping up against my collarbone when I swing. So yeah, that's how ridiculous I am about golf. I, I had it incorporated into my heart surgery. You're going to call it the, the, the Griffin approach. For, yes. Uh, oh, that's the, uh, that's the Griffin technique. Yeah. Yeah. We understand. <laughs> we use that in all our golfers now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, so the reason that that, that motion is so important in the trail arm is because if you think of as you get to the top of the you know top of the backswing and then you're starting to come down into impact you're having to exaggerate into external rotation you know you don't have to you can certainly use your back and bend to the you know bend to your trail side a ton and shocker the low back on the trail side of golfers is where most of the back pain occurs weird no idea why um, <laughs> um maybe it's because their lead hip doesn't rotate and neither does their trail shoulder but uh, just a guess. But anyway, uh, so, you know, as, as they come, as you come down, if you don't have the ability to externally rotate that shoulder in that way, you have to add side bend. You generally will see increased kind of slide to the left, to the lead side. And I was going to say, I bet this probably is where a lot of people get that high fade from the people who just kind of sit on their backside. Slice. A push slice. I was, I was, I was being nice. I was being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I can, I think of uh, 
a guy that I used to play with practically a hundred years ago. Uh, he was my mechanic and super consistent with the shape of the shot. So he just played it. He didn't ever try to fix it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was that kind of push slice. And I imagine you do see a lot of people, their version of compensating is to kind of hang back mm-hmm. on the trail side create that angle with the body rather than having the shoulder rotate appropriately. And that's kind of their effort and their version of shallowing out the club. Yep, exactly. So yeah, they're going to use their kick, bump their hip out, bend backwards with their spine and their trunk. And that's how they're going to shallow it out instead of actually using the shoulder to do, to do the work. Um, So, or, you know, we'll also see a lot of wrist and, thumb and we'll see a lot of that happening too and and that's where we get a lot of golfers elbow and tennis elbow you know inner and outer elbow pain wrist pain um most commonly i don't actually i don't know if i've ever seen somebody with elbow or wrist pain that it wasn't coming from the shoulder unless they it was like from hitting a root or something you know unless it was like a blunt trauma impact but just a general overuse i can't think of a case in the last 10 years where i've seen anyone where shoulder was not involved actually Maybe there were a couple, but you know, I'll give you a guess. Guess what was involved? I'm going to go with that uh, lack of internal rotation on the lead hip. You're you, you are better than 90% of all physical therapists out there already, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I'm taking notes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think this is one of the important things for everyone listening to understand is we'll see, we see back issues because the shoulder doesn't rotate. We see back issues because the hip doesn't rotate. We see elbow issues because the hip doesn't rotate. And so we over, you know, golfers are overusing their wrists and their forearms to try to make up, you know, to get the club to that, you know, to the impact position they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know, I think by taking the assessment and understanding, and I tell people like, take it once, take it every, every month, because your body's going to change and you can in particularly measure your progress. Yeah. yeah. And, and use it. And even if you pass today, check it in four weeks, do you still pass? Cause we have, we have guys and we're always constantly checking every and things will pop up and what you'll start, people start to see is, Hey, I have this, this tendency where when I play a bunch, you know, my lead hip tightens up or my, you know, my trail hip tightens up or my shoulder gets tighter. And then now all of a sudden you can be proactive to keep your body healthy. Now it's easier for you to be consistent. You're not having to come up with these little minute compensations that, you know, singularly are fine. But when you start compounding them and all of a sudden the shoulders really locked down all of a sudden, why then you, you video yourself for that, you know, the first time in a month, you're like, holy cow, why am I coming so far over the top? Yeah. You, and it, you know, and it's, so the physical side is so easy to test and so easy to keep clean. Um, it's just, it's so, such a valuable tool. But when we talk about the shoulder, I think, you know, one of my favorite examples is we had a pro come in complaining. So he's a right-handed player complaining of terrible left thumb pain, thumb and wrist pain on his thumb side. Okay. So I think your lead arm, your thumb and wrists killing you at the top of the backswing with your, particularly with his longer clubs. Okay. okay. So we look at his, so you know, naturally everybody's going to go, Oh, let's look at his left wrist. Let's look at his elbow on that side. Everything checks out. We look at his right shoulder. He's supposed, you're supposed to have about 20 degrees past spine angle while standing in golf posture. So if you think about your forearm, you know, equal to your spine angle or parallel to your spine, it's supposed to get about 20 degrees past that while you're in golf posture, which is incredibly hard for a lot of people. We look, he's like negative 10. So if you can picture it, think of like a chicken wing at the top, right? Yeah. Exaggerated. And he's trying to get a club into a certain position. So if the oh, shoulder so right, trail shoulder is not going to move, 
He's that's his fulcrum. So much pressure and leverage on his lead thumb on that shaft. Trying to push that's it back and lay it back. Right? Wow. So, so we fix his shoulder and he goes, he's like, why the heck are you working on my shoulder? It's my, it's my thumb. I said, just trust, trust, trust you know, shoulder. Yeah. We just do a little muscle release on the, on the uh, thumb to reset it. Now all of a sudden he goes back and he's like, he looks, he like drops his club. He's like, are you kidding me? It was that shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, where people have, if you're having pain and, and you know, this goes anywhere, not just shoulder back or, you know, nine times out of 10, the, the cause of that pain is in one of these rotational joints and it's per- potentially and likely not the one where you're feeling the issue where right. you're feeling the issue is where the compensation is taking place. Um, and so, so I think that's the important side of it from an injury, you know, and longevity standpoint there, you know, obviously getting the club into the slot, there's going to be efficiency. There's going to be consistency. Your, your, you know, your impact data is going to be as efficient as possible. And so having the yep. ability to actually rotate on that trail side, you know, going back to, you know, what you said, it reduces variables. Yeah. And as soon as you started explaining external rotation in the shoulder and what it looks like for me, uh, having, you know, grown up on a golf course, I, you know, I was loosey goosey and limber when I started playing. So I was at my coach actually used to call me Gumby because he could just put me in a position and then I could just swing from there. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the case anymore. Uh, but, but like, I, I think back to the days when I used to wait tables and yeah. if you kind of think about like a whole net trade yeah. drinks, that is that mechanism. And uh, I have a, a friend who is a, a, he's big into power lifting and Olympic lifting and he does competitions. And uh, I saw him, stretching uh we used to be roommates mm-hmm. i saw him stretching and he put his back against the wall and he put the you know the tops of his hands against the wall yeah. behind him and he was trying to you know just keep his hands on the wall as he went up and he was not successful but <laughs> you know he was he was trying to get to the point where he could even just touch the wall and he yeah. was explaining it to me because he was very smart person and he was working with his physical therapist on it and he kind of put me through the motion i just put my back against the wall put my hands against the wall i'm like you know like this and and his you know his eyes are the size of dinner plates and he's just like how do you have that much rotation i'm like well i'm pretty sure it's got something to do with golf and the fact that it's been my sport for as long as you've known me but uh i never really connected it to that ability to shallow out the club on the downswing like and i've said it a hundred times to students like hey see if you can kind of you know drive that that right elbow to you know to your to your pocket or into your ribs or into your kidneys or whatever your you know the goal is uh just to try and get that motion to kick in but yeah if you don't have that ability to rotate then that's that's going to be significantly harder. <laughs> You're going to have to introduce side bend from your trunk and your back. You're going to have to do something wonky with your hip. This is where a lot of times we'll see early extension coming where the hips come into the hand space through impact because people can't rotate the shoulder and or the hip. Um, so, yep. you know, and unfortunately, you know, we see that the better the athlete, the more compensations and cheats they have. And yeah. so, so it makes it incredibly hard from a consistency standpoint, if you're a good athlete, and you have these limitations, um, is that you're going to have 30 different ways to do it. This is, this is the only instance where I will tell people it's actually better to be less athletic 
because you're only gonna have one cheat so i gotta <laughs> yeah. worry about not doing that right um yep. but yeah but this is where you know getting improving these two joints so that you can rotate into your your hips since so you can you know x rotate the shoulders back particularly the trail side that honestly fixes like 75 percent of the rotational issues if not 80 percent uh you know that, that we see in golfers um you know injuries wow. consistency speed goes up you know lots and lots of really really good and cool things start happening very quickly well you're clear in the path you know it makes sense you're, you're not experiencing any resistance in those two main uh rotational areas so our, our big takeaway on, on the shoulders is that ability to externally rotate. So again, that's kind of taking, taking your hand in that like server, I'm holding a tray of drinks position yep. and rotating it backwards behind your spine. And I'm realizing that I need to stretch more there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you know, sitting around and, and recovering doesn't lead to a uh, flexibility uh, <laughs> that leads us though, into, I'm guessing thoracic spine. Next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the thoracic spine and the neck are, are the two we're, we're bringing everyone up now. You, yes. Everybody listening, you should pass these pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, so this is where, you know, if you think of uh, sitting in a chair with your feet and knees together, um, you know, you kind of put your arms on your shoulders. Let's say you're facing straight forward. That's let's call that zero degrees. Even if you thought of like a golf club across your uh, shoulders, right? That's zero. If you turned it, so the golf club had turned a, you know, total, you know, totally so it's now lengthwise instead of parallel to your front right that's let's call it 90 degrees kind of you know, all the way so you want to see we say oh my gosh look at the shoulder turn is like his back is facing the target right that would be beyond yep. 90 degrees right if you're um if your knees and feet are flat on the ground your knees are together so do not let the knees separate I want, you can put like a, a piece of a napkin or something between your knees so that you can't drop it and then as you rotate, we want to see if you are over the age of 50, we want to see about 50 degrees um, of rotation. So beyond halfway to 90, so beyond halfway to a full turn. Yep. Um, and if you're under the age of 50, and we generally want to see about 60 degrees, if you're a junior or you're playing competitive golf, like PGA, like professional level golf, you know, 270. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we get 540, that's actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, no but for that's those, the real those, young kids. That's the real young kids. We want to see about 70 degrees there, right? Okay, so, so approaching that, that 90 degree mark. Exactly. And so a lot of people, when we look at the TV, you know, we look at a golfer on TV and the you know the conversation, oh my God, look at his like back is to the target, right? Mm -hmm. The only they're not getting there because of thoracic. And this and we'll call a lot of times this is in golf is called look at that shoulder turn he had. Yeah, yeah. We, yep. oh, we just went over the shoulders rotate to that waiter position. The, the, the shoulder turn, quote unquote, as it's called on TV, is actually your thoracic spine rotating around. Yep. Um, and nobody has like 100 degrees of thoracic rotation. The reason that their backs are able to get that far is because if you think about it, if you got 60 or 70 degrees from your spine, but you're also getting, you know, 30, 40, 40 degrees from your, hips. from your hips, right? You're getting a little bit, you know, from the knee, ideally not a lot, maybe five degrees, you know, of torsion in the knee, right? The, the foot's probably coming up a little bit as well. Like, mm -hmm. so it kind of all adds up to that really big turn. Um, but for the spine in isolation, the thoracic spine, that's where we want to see you. Uh, in the uh, home assessment, we say, just get past 45, right? Just <laughs> Sure. Let's start there, right? But if just say so everyone listening, if, if you are definitely if you are under the age of 50, you definitely want to be approaching more that 60 degrees, um, you know, 50 and up, you know, just get past 45. Now, the closer you can get to 60 or 70 degrees, obviously, is better. Um, but, you know, where we look at kind of the averages across the five, six thousand guys 
and girls we have in our databases in based on age. Those are sure. kind of the, the, the areas where we see people really being successful and, and kind of having a decrease of injury risk. So when we see PR, we, the Royal, we, uh, when you <laughs> see people who fail this test, what is kind of that common compensation technique? So if, if people at home are listening, they can think, oh shit, I think I do that too. Yeah. So, so the neck and the thoracic spine are actually pretty interesting because I always joke with people because everyone like, if, if, let's, if we were doing this live with everyone listening, right. And let's say we did the shoulders and the hips last, right. And everyone, a lot of people will pass the neck. A lot of people, most people will pass this. If they don't pass this, it's just because their brain kind of has forgotten to move. You know, there's a certain sure. trick we can do, like it's called a twist and tilt. And immediately people pick up 20 degrees. It's a very easy fix thing to, that we can do with people. I always call it the, uh, the moldy meat effect. Uh, or, <laughs> sorry, the, mold, the moldy bun effect. So if you think of a hamburger, think of a, of a okay. nice juicy hamburger, right? Your thoracic spine, let's say, is that like prime rib burger in the middle that's just, you just can't wait to eat it. But then if we have the shoulders and the hips, which are the bun and they stink, right? They don't rotate. Let's, uh, now let's say your bun's all moldy. You don't care how good the inside is. You ain't touching that because the bun is nasty, yep. right? So that's where golfers will come in. But hey, I my crush the neck. My thoracic spine is great. Why can't I rotate? Like, well, let's look at your shoulders and your hips. And they're like trash. And we're like, well, that's why yep. you got moldy, you got moldy buns. And man, we don't, we can't get to that <laughs> in the middle. Doesn't matter if it's Wagyu beef in the middle. You ain't going exactly. after it. <laughs> right. And, and so, and I think this is the, the important thing for everyone to, to hear is all of these are, all four of these areas are rotational centers. And so if you can't rotate, they can all negatively impact rotation. So swing wise, if you fail any of these, you're more likely to stand up out of posture in the backswing. You're more likely for the hips sure. to go forward into the hand space, you know, through impact. You're more likely to add side to side or up and down. You know, now the hips tend to cause more of the back issues and more side to side and hips coming forward. The shoulder being bad tends to cause more of the over the top or chicken winging and those sorts of things. Right. But technically speaking, any of those can be caused because you don't rotate well. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about thoracic spine and neck, you should pass these. If you don't, they're very easy to fix. But in reality, like if let's say you you failed all four, you fix your neck and your thoracic spine. I don't want to say I don't care, but we ain't there yet. Right. Because <laughs> we got to get those other two a lot better. Now, having a really good you know ability to rotate in your spine and in your neck obviously takes stress off of the other areas because you know those are moving. But the two big kahunas by like not even close are the shoulder and, and, and the hip. Yeah. I imagine that would be akin to if you have a, a front wheel drive vehicle and you didn't have tires on the front, I got two tires on the back though. Yeah. Like, mm, but your drive wheels are just rims. <laughs> exactly. And the analogy I always like is it's actually, it's a car analogy as well is, and this, we see this a lot, particularly, I mentioned the guy I played with today who's swing really hard and really fast, but has no rotation. Uh, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're going to try and everyone's chasing speed, right? There's all these yeah. different speed systems and yeah, I gained five yards and or five miles an hour in five weeks. Wow. That's awesome. Cool, dude. Well, now what you're doing is you're taking your, you know, your, your brand new Porsche uh, that you couldn't afford to put brakes on. So you just said, Hey, you know what? Leave the brakes off because uh, you know, <laughs> I need a price cut. Right. And now you're trying to see how fast you can drive that friggin' Porsche and oops, there's a turn coming. 
and there's a brick yep. wall there too and there's trap right and so you're going to crash and so what ends up happening is all, all these golfers we're trying to gain more speed when inherently we don't have the ability to rotate and so you you just and so you don't have brake you don't have an ability you have no room to stop slow down and, and decelerate so we're going as hard as we can into brick wall after brick wall and after brick wall and then everyone sits there scratching their head and goes why does my back hurt on the back nine well it's because you ran into a brick wall 45 times on the front nine yeah. and eventually the bruise is going to set in and you're, it's not going to feel really good uh, so yeah i mean whether it's you don't have tire you don't have the right tires you don't have brakes you're just you're driving a car without all of the parts and that is not a good recipe for success so with our thoracic spine then we, if we try to distill it down to one big thing, it's just going to be that we, we really need more than 45 degrees of rotation. Uh, if we're 50 and up, we hopefully we're getting closer to 60 degrees if we're under 50, yep. but we we're looking for, for that ability to rotate. And uh, I think it's really important how you highlighted the fact that this is, this is just the thoracic rotation. So no, you're not standing in your golf stance. You can't cheat by opening up your hips. Yeah. <laughs> That's not allowed. You got to, my favorite one, video seated. camera you guys are like standing in golf posture, hands on the shoulders and they make a big turn. And they're like, Oh, look, I got to, I got to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you moved your hit. Like, no, <laughs> your, your hips are at 50, right? Yeah. So the reason, <laughs> the reason why we want to sit down is that locks the hips in place. Uh, and then also putting the knees together is what it does. It removes the hips from the equation. So it truly isolates just that, that spine so that we can really measure what that is. Nice. So I guess then we get to move on to our feel good, uh, portion of the day. Uh, Chris, tell us how awesome all of our necks are. <laughs> your necks are hopefully great you can check your blind spots no problem when you're driving to the golf course um, but i'm in a porsche with no brakes what do i need blind spots for <laughs> yeah exactly you don't care you're not slowing down for anyone yeah. i'm but just gonna the, tuck uh, and roll and ghost ride that sucker right over the practice green <laughs> exactly yeah so so we'll, we'll end everyone on a high note so so the way you pass the so the other three are a little harder to describe so just go to the parvisguest.com slash griffin you guys can see all the videos and do that the neck we can do right now you're sitting listening to this podcast if you're driving, maybe look at a blind spot, you know, check a blind spot here. You're just going to rotate your chin and you just got to get it past your collarbone. That's all you got to do. So you try it left, you know, check your left blind spot, check your right blind spot. All right. If you really want to make sure you have kind of like premier level rotation, you actually Linda run. Blair level. Oh, oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> rotate chin over the collarbone and then actually bring your chin down to touch the collarbone while still keeping your mouth closed and not shrugging your shoulder up. Those are the two cheats. All right. But in all honesty, if you can get the chin directly rotated enough so it's over your collarbone, and the good news is you only need to really pass this to your lead side. <laughs> because if we think <laughs> of in the golf swing, as you take the club back and that lead shoulder rotates under the chin, that, that's actually neck rotation that's occurring. We're just actually, it's the, you know, the spine rotating on the neck, you know, the thoracic spine rotating on the neck to a degree, right? Um, we don't really care about the other direction to your trail side. For general health and checking your blind other blind spot that's general generally good um but that's really this is the cool the fun part of the neck it's like literally just get your chin past your collarbone and be able to only you only really need to worry about going to your lead side if you yep. pass that check hopefully everyone has passed that you guys are feeling amazing about yourselves right now you're like sweet i at least got a 25 percent on the on the test 
Yeah, I I did just as well as a PGA Tour player. That part of my golf game is the same. <laughs> Why aren't you on tour? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> because the medicine that I have to take for my heart is a banned drug on the PGA Tour. Well, that sounds which like... the guys in my golf league love to remind me of. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we just need a medical exemption for you, Mark. Yeah, That's exactly. Funny. It was so easy for uh, Casey Martin to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly right well that's awesome so really just making sure that we can kind of get that rotation to the lead side over the collarbone uh, and i guess what is this what is this saving us from doing if we don't have that ability to rotate there what are some things we might experience yeah so really the biggest thing we'll see is you know if you're feeling like you you can't quote unquote keep your eye on the ball you kind of stand up out of posture okay. You may see like, you know, if there's like reverse kind of spine angle at the top of the golf swing where, you know, people are there, you're trying to rotate, but also kind of keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll Do a reverse pivot. Up and yeah, a little reverse posture. So reverse seat at the top. Um, you know, so those are, that's really the biggest one that we'll see. Um, you know, and, you know, then obviously there'll be some other compensational things that potentially occur in terms of the arms making up for the neck, not moving and those sorts of things. But the biggest thing that we see far and away is, uh, is going to be the, you know, standing up and trying to keep your eye on the ball, or if anybody's ever gotten the tip of keep your head still, good luck. Good luck. If you didn't pass the neck test. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that'll, that'll create a bit of a wobble there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, yeah, I think everybody knows how to, at the very least, how to get through this, this process of checking. Obviously you can head to parforsuccess.com slash Griffin, sign up for the self-assessment. It'll walk you through everything. And like Chris was saying, it's short, it's easy. It's not like a, you know, 45 minute hot yoga session or anything like that. <laughs> uh, because I would not put you through that. Trust me, I'm 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 here to help you play better golf. It, it's your responsibility to get in and out of your yoga pants. Uh, <laughs> if you really love your yoga pants, you could wear them while you do the assessment. But uh, exactly, hey, I mean, if it's comfortable, don't go judge. for it. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe mean, it'll help. Maybe it'll help your hip mobility. I don't know. I'm wearing stretchy jeans with an elastic waistband. So sue me. They're comfortable. I love them. Uh, <laughs> so, well, on that very golf focused note, Chris, uh, <laughs> anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we sign off? I don't, I don't think so. Marty. I think I just really want, I hope everyone listening kind of takes this, you know, this is in my opinion, the easiest, biggest return on time investment that anyone can make as a golfer yeah. who enjoys the game. It's literally, five minutes to figure out how you do you can you can keep the assessment for life it's free you can retest yourself um you can kind of track it over time and see how you're doing and it gives you some insight into you know i would call you know so such a big piece of the pie that is a question mark for so many golfers and i i always you you hear oh i'll I'll go get a club fitting when i'm better i'll go get (laughs) lessons when i'm better right well there's one thing you use on every single golf swing and that's your body. And there's one yeah. thing that if it doesn't move well is going to make the already incredibly complex movement of a golf swing way harder. And we have the data to say, if you pass these tests, you're not, you're going to swing it literally differently on every single golf swing. Uh, and so you have to become such a better athlete. I have single digit players who p- fail these tests and literally their motion is different on every single time. They're just incredible athletes and they're able to time it. 
So just yep. imagine now if you are not, if you didn't play collegiate sports, so you're not a phenomenal athlete and you're trying to learn the game of golf and you fail these tests, you have so much stacked against you. It's such an easy thing to remove. Just take the test and take you know, four weeks, 10 minutes a day <laughs> and yeah. literally this stuff can be fixed. And now all of a sudden you've removed a massive question mark and now you go take a lesson or you go get fitted, whatever it may be. So even you're just, you know, trying to fix yourself, you know, you're going to be able to produce the same movement consistently every time. And if you're hitting, you know, struggling hitting the ball, it's going to be something technically related. It's not going to be because your body can't do it. So right. this is the easiest barrier, the easiest variable that we can remove. It literally takes less than five minutes. So if you don't do it, it's, it's on, on you. you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't even get to the part of the conversation that I thought was going to be like the cool, good surprise treat. So we're going to, we're going to have to get Chris on as like a recurring guest here just to share all of his knowledge. And like all of, you know, I'm a big numbers nerd. Chris likes numbers probably more than I do. So we can, we can dive into some of his research that he's done with hundreds and thousands of golfers. And uh, if you know, if we have questions and stuff like that, we can kind of just continue to poke him. I've got his email address and uh, I'm, I'm throwing you on the spot right now, but you're, I'm sure you're, you're more than happy to come back and have another conversation. Right, Chris. I would love to, uh, we could throw a little teaser in here. You know, all, the, all those golfers that are throwing medicine balls against the wall, if they're actually worth doing. There we go. Make you better or worse. I don't know. Exactly. So we, we will talk about that on our next go around. Thank you so much for joining us again, Chris. It was a blast. My pleasure, Marty. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of golf strategy school. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers, your age, head over to par for success.com slash Griffin. And you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers, your age based off of the this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.